Um, this is not the type of podcast we can do very often. Or if you're going to be watching this live, this is not the type of live stream that we can do very often either. This is quite rare <laughs> because there's only so much childhood memorabilia we can look in on. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the stream. This should be interesting. Uh, we're going to have to figure out which book we want to read first. I'll let a few people come in to the live stream and then we'll decide. But while people are walking in, I'll present to you some of the options. As I posted this on Twitter, people seemed somewhat interested in the idea. For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter or don't have a Twitter for whatever, in today's Talos of Talks podcast, I guess you could call it a podcast, um, I'm going to be reading old books that I wrote in my childhood years. Long, 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 long time ago. Way before Talosiv was even a thought. Way before I even probably knew what YouTube was. I think... I'm trying to remember. I think these were all written in either the third, fourth, or maybe fifth grade. But definitely third or fourth. Somewhere in there. These are old, old books. Obviously, I was an artist. <laughs> I was such a... Just such a striking artist. You could tell this was my passion. Illustrated by Drew Erickson, as you can see there. Um, some are better than others. This is probably the best looking one out of all of them. It has... Ooh, I see you. <laughs> it's got the most color. Uh, it's got the most work put into it, I think. Opposed to some of these other ones, which... These were probably closer to third grade. John Ray. <laughs> and I wish I could tell you I remember making this. I wish I could tell you I have a recollection of, of writing this, but I do not. I have no idea what this is supposed to be, if this is a snake, if if this is a lion. I can see where I started to draw its head and then erased it. <laughs> what else do we have here? We have a Diary of a Dinosaur. Wow, this this text almost looks too good. Maybe someone helped me with that. I probably did this part. <laughs> but you see how bad my handwriting is. So obviously some of these have less effort than the others. Oh my god. This one has a giant... I don't even know what dinosaur that is. <laughs> oh. Why is there like a little dinosaur underneath it? Is he scared? He doesn't look happy for whatever reason. Okay, what else do we got here? We have the rich... Is that how you spell leprechaun? It almost looks like leprechaun, but now I'm going to embarrass myself because it's going to turn out that uh <laughs> it's going to turn out that that is spelled correctly and I'm just a 21-year-old who doesn't know how to read. Let's see. Um Sineki? Sineki. Sineki. I don't know. I it appears to be some kind of egg. I don't what does it say on the back? Meet the author. And I put the wrong kind of meat. M-E-A-T that I still can't eat. And do we have more? My God, there were a lot of these. I didn't know I brought so many over. Gone Nutty, which reminds me of the little Scrat thing from Ice Age. And I think I put that there. It says Starring Scrat. Staring Scrat. Did you have a printer? I did not have a printer. I don't think any of these have printed text on them. This This one is... <laughs> it's written with lined paper. So now the question becomes which one which one do we start with then? We've got Sineki, we've got the rich leprechaun, we've got 
Diary of a Dinosaur. This one looks particularly lazy. It's not even in color. Um, we've got John Ray, and I think the ones with the most effort put into them, these obviously took a lot longer to make, was Invincible, which is this one. This looks like there's a lot of pictures and drawings within. And then we have this one, which is Raptor, which is very thick, mind you. This is a long one. So we might want to get we might want to get the long ones out of the way first. Oh, I see. There's a lot of bezels on these pages. Look at that. Holy crap. That's a lot. Starting with st- starting with staring. Yes, exactly. This one might take a while. You lie once invincible. Maybe we should start with the best and then work our way down as you guys will surely lose interest over the course of the stream. <laughs> Sinecki's, it's a second name and someone's Twitter handle. Okay. Which one do we start with? Okay, we've got Eli for Invincible. we got Noah Wise for Raptor. I'd honestly be fine with either. You could flip a coin. I'm not sure how long these will take to read. <laughs> Hopefully not too long. Wow. The drawings in this are... My goodness, they're detailed. Yes, this is this is bringing new levels to story time. So many tiny, there's tiny like stick figures down here and a bunch of spaceships. I wish I knew the year. Wait, it says Darth Kitty Publishing. Darth Kitty Pub. (laughs) That should be the name of a bar if I start a bar. Okay. Ooh, we've got some more info in the chat. Invincible Raptor Raptor, Invincible Invincible Raptor. Hmm, this go- hey Nikias, how's it going? Let's see. Raptor, 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 Raptor versus Invincible, 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 Invincible. Oh my god, you guys tied yourselves in the chat. You're tied. We've got four for Invincible, we got four for Raptor. And then we've got a bunch of other ones that were probably made in a second. Another Invincible, now they're tied at five. <laughs> You should rewrite and redraw everything. Oh, my God, no. Meet me at Darth Kitty Pub so we can have drinks and dinner. Yeah. (laughs) There is more attention to detail to that book cover than the latest pixel. That's probably true. Okay, I'm getting more raptors. At least two more raptors than Invincible. All right, we'll, we'll read Invincible. Don't worry. These books are falling apart. But I think we've got more people asking for raptor. So we're going to start with this one. Big big R on the front page. Should I should I read it like this so you guys can see it too? All right, here we go. Let the let the reading begin. Welcome to Telosive Audiobooks. <laughs> this is a new channel we're launching. No, I'm kidding. So I don't know if you can see the picture that well, but yeah, you can see it fine. It works. All right. When I was should I do voices or should I just read it normally as I can? Okay. When I was a boy, life was filled with holes. (laughs) This is going to be good, I can tell. Once I try to ask my... Once I try to ask my father a mysterious question, he would shake his head and no response. (laughs) Dad, am I adopted? Uh, No, that's not... I, I, I added that in. Questions like, what happened to my... Ooh. Mother. Oh, this is a sad story. This is getting sad. Okay, what happened to my mother, and why are you always so sad? (laughs) This is getting depressing. 
Okay. As I said, my life is full of holes. Yes, you said that two sentences ago. Good job. School was the worst. Amen. That didn't change. I had never got one 99% score. Every paper I ever turned in was 100%. <laughs> Why is school the worst? This kid is perfect. I don't even know his name yet. School was the worst. I never got 99%. I always got 100%. I was a perfect student. School was so horrible. Though no one talked to me. Oh, see, this is true. This is getting a little accurate to the author. Apparently, they all knew something I didn't. Clearly not. You got 100%. Uh, Not even the teacher thanked me. I never received medals, certificates, or any kind of award. Did they give out medals in elementary school? Was that a thing? Life is full of holes. (laughs) Um, This is deep. All All the kids knew something I didn't. Apparently, they didn't know how to get 100% on the tests. Um, and not even the teacher thanked me. What is the teacher supposed to thank you for? I won't do accents for the main character because this is like the narration voice. Maybe for different characters I'll do voices. Um, Wow, this is entitled. Look at this. I never received medals, certificates, or any kind of award, although I clearly deserve them. Dang it. Maybe school in NYC is always hard. Oh, okay. We're in New York City right now. All right. Although my father didn't... Oh, it keeps going. But there's a picture here. Um, I also set up a second camera here if we wanted to zoom in closer. You can see the detail. Math. What's that? Science. State test scores. Wait. Retine? What's his name? The black vessels represent the darkness of the story. I'll go back to the good-looking angle there. Um... (laughs) this is fascinating this is gonna take a while um so you can see oh it said language arts okay math language arts science they're all perfect 600 i guess that was the score we had back then um and right here i think it's the character's name which is retina h spelt r-e-t-e-n-a-n-e retine retine maybe Retin-A, routine, something like that. Okay. All right. So continuing the sentence. Although my father didn't... Are we missing a page? Oh, I skipped one. They're getting stuck together. Although my father didn't talk much, I still loved him very much. (laughs) Okay, this is a great picture. It's hard that anyone would love a person named (laughs) Retin. I'm going to say Retin because that rolls off the tongue better. Um, That's what people called me. Although I preferred Raptor in all caps. Raptor. That's that's what people preferred to call me. <laughs> and there's a beautiful picture here. I guess that's supposed to be the character's dad and me, which is terrifying. I did a great job. Oh, good. It rhymes. Can you upload these books as a PDF on the internet so we can enjoy reading them? Uh, maybe. That, that might take a lot longer than just reading them. And I haven't read these in a long time either. Okay, it says Raptor with all capitals. Capitals. Wow, he actually put that in the book. I don't know why. I just preferred it. On a very bad school day, in parentheses, kids would beat me up, uh, or kids beat me up. Okay, I came home with no hello or how was school in quotes. Father, <laughs> I said, where are you? Father, please, where are you? Wait a minute. Did we miss something? He's calling 
someone on a phone here. It's a pretty well-drawn phone. I doubt I did it. Um, oh, okay. He's telling the story. I, on a very bad school, I came home with no hello. He's not describing his life anymore. Now this is like a day-to-day thing. He's coming home. He can't find his father. Okay. Where are you? I called 911 and the police found him dead in a closet with several knife wounds in his chest. We're going to get demonetized now. Goodness, this is getting dark quick. During the investigation, I decided to run away. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Why would you run away? I thought you were smart. Um, I figured I could manage all by myself. I was 12. <laughs> practically a man, which it actually says right there. I was 12, practically a man. Yeah, at 12 years old, I think most of us can live on our own. At the age of 12, you don't need, you don't need a, you don't need a, father you don't need a family you can just be on your own at 12 after several hours of walking through the city in new york city by the way i sat down for a short rest while i sat there i saw someone trying to unlock their doors this is bizarre okay uh trying to unlock their doors to get inside i assume inside their apartment i i I don't think this is a burglary they were holding lots of grocery bags in their arms and i felt sorry for them if there was some way to help them, I would. This is a very poorly drawn picture because uh, it's just gray, slightly less gray, and dark gray. And then the grocery bag and some keys are just there on the gray. There's no person holding them or anything. Okay, moving on. Then something happened. Without the key, the door unlocked and opened Then the groceries drifted into the room. Oh, that's what this is. Okay, the keys and the groceries are drifting. So this is... uh, This picture should have been here, maybe. Uh, The person was shocked. They ran in and closed the door. Okay, so maybe this is a paranormal book. He was walking down the street and then saw someone uh, trying to get into their apartment. And then the grocery bag and the keys started drifting and they floated into the apartment. And they got scared and closed the door. Okay. I'm piecing together the plot here. (laughs) This is such a well-done drawing. Uh, Oh, that's the end of the sentence there. They ran in and closed the door, comma, scared. Something told me I caused this supernatural action. I ran off confused. So he he takes the blame himself. He must have been the one who caused uh, this this action. It's impossible, I said to myself. I'm 12. It's impossible. I said to myself, there's no logical answer. Maybe it was just some kind of spirit. Spirit. I don't know if I should keep the voice up. That might be too much. Practically six more years until I'm an adult. No, you're 12. You're, you're ready for the world. I thought I might be able to recreate what I had done since I was sitting next to a trash can. I figured I could try to lift it. <laughs> what, with your arms? You know, like, given I'm sitting by a trash can, clearly I have supernatural powers. Um, Unbelievably, it worked. This is unbelievable. (laughs) I like how I said this is unbelievable right after stating, unbelievably, it worked. This is unbelievable. Uh, This trash can is... Moving on. In midair. Okay. So I have some kind of telepathy powers, perhaps. It rose higher and higher until I couldn't see it. I smiled. Then somebody walked by me. They scared me. I realized I didn't have a connection with the trash can anymore. 
<laughs> Someone should make a meme out of that. I didn't have a connection with the trash can anymore. <laughs> um, I saw it falling from the sky. It hit the ground with a big crash. All right. I assume when a trash can falls from the sky, it causes a big crash. That's me looking up at the trash can. That's the trash can on the ground. And he probably made a big mess. Okay. Whoops, I said aloud. <laughs> Maybe if I... I've got to try different voices until one's more natural. I had an idea. All the trash had spilled out, and the can was bent. I put all the trash back and unbented the can using my powers. Okay, granted, it's a superhero story. We already got it figured out that it's using powers. It looked like it was never touched. Okay. This is awesome, I yelled. Then an even greater idea came to mind. I smiled and then shot up into the air. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this Superman? Is this Superman? Okay. Uh, and then shot up into the air. I'm flying. I'm really actually flying, I yelled. What could possibly be causing this? Yeah, what could be causing this? The kid's been doing nothing special except perfect scores in school for 12 years. And then suddenly he's able to fly using superpowers. Okay, so there's the picture of him flying. Moving on. Maybe there really is some kind of super people in this world. Ooh, this is going to get edgy, isn't it? Don't say super people. That's uh, that's wrong. I said to myself, drifting over the land, I flew over the city. Okay, there's the sun. So I guess I'm sunbathing and I'm flying over New York City right now. Uh, I flew over the city testing how fast I could go. I didn't go too fast because it seemed the faster I tried to go, it didn't really have a limit. Of course. Of course, I was unstoppable, and I just happened to discover that I could fly, and I had telepathy powers. Telepathy. Okay. While the wind was blowing my hair back, I saw a small speck in the sky above me. A plane? Too small. A bird? Too high. Curiously, I drifted up to see the shape of another person. Whoever he or she was, they were watching me. Okay, this is a little sketchy. There's a little stick figure up here. And I'm looking un uh, cautiously back, and I don't have a nose for some reason. I'm looking cautiously back at the face up there. I drifted up to see the shape of another person. Oh, I read that. Sorry. Hello? I asked. Are you a person? <laughs> Are you a person? Uh, you could say that, the figure replied. We have to talk. Oh, my God. Are they very close to each other? As I moved closer, it seemed as if I was looking into a mirror. Must have been a good-looking dude. Uh, I could see myself. This day is very weird, I said. Where do we talk? Right here, he said. Just stop in midair. Okay, so there's the other boy flying. I don't know if it's a boy or a man or how old the man is. Um, I'm just in midair talking to them face-to-face. -face. I guess this is the sky over here. I, I think that's the bottom of our shoes. So this is like an upward-facing angle. I did, and it felt weird being in high in the sky, not falling. Okay, and he, apparently they look similar because he says, Retin said he's looking, it felt like he was looking into a mirror. Are you my clone or something? I asked him. <laughs> not exactly. I'm your twin brother. Oh my God, this is so predictable. He said confidently, my eyes widened. So you haven't? So why haven't I ever seen you flying around in the sky? He 
He asked crudely. Wait, shouldn't I have asked that? Why did it say he asked crudely? I, I just got these powers. Mama, uh, he's stuttering here. I want that to be emphasized. My, uh, my, I mean, our father was just murdered today. I'm running away. Oh, this is dangerous. I'm running away, or you could say flying away, I explained. Huh. Well, I've had on. these powers ever since I was born. Ooh, I drew a picture of a baby. That's weird. That's an oddly specific picture. I was put in an orphanage, and I escaped taking care of myself. How do you take care of yourself in an orphanage? I can remember everything that happens in my life, so I knew I had a twin brother, he told me. If you want the close-ups, there's the pictures. That's <laughs> Look at the eyes. <laughs> look at these angry eyes. They're like thinking back at this, this baby era of his life. Okay, and apparently he has a perfect memory, because even when he was born, he remembers... That he had a twin brother. So, very good memory, I guess. Don't you... I don't know who's speaking right now. Don't you care about your father? Do you know about our mother? I don't, I asked him. I don't care about homo sapiens. <laughs> oh, God. He said he doesn't care about homo sapiens. Okay. The new age of homo superiors has come. Okay. Wow. This is getting deep. So it's the next level of humanity called Homo Superiors. He said, with anger in his mouth. <laughs> you, can, you can speak with anger in your mouth. Father murdered, runs away, gets superpowers. Drew, like 10 years ago, wrote this plot to 90% of superhero TV shows today. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's why I'm not that impressed by superhero movies maybe anymore. Because I, I did this all myself. Um, I don't understand, I questioned. Aren't Homo sapiens one of us? Our mother was one. Our father was one, too. I tried to convince him. Look at look at this anger in his face. I think I think this illustration really got the point across. What, are those are those his lips coming out like that? Why is he making a duck face? It's like <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, all right, moving on. Uh, you mentioned that our father is dead and for your information our mother is dead as well he argued well okay but <laughs> i love that they're so casual about that our mother's dead by the way well okay but what's your plan for life Ooh, some of us still don't know that i asked homo sapiens never treated me well oh god amen can't we all agree uh at the orphanage they dropped me Pushed me around and never gave me what I wanted. Well, the first two are messed up. But uh, never giving you what you wanted. That's just what happens in life. So my plan is to gather up all... Wait, hold on. We gotta... We gotta you see this? That's, that's him as an, in an orphanage as a baby. And the arm, that looks like how my arm looked when it broke. Map guy super chatted said, "Thank you for the stories. I want you paid for this. Oh, thank you, Map guy. I would do this for fun, but yes, the being paid for it helps me blow off tech videos. <laughs> no, there will be tech videos later. Let me make sure I read the whole thing. Um, so my plan is to gather up all the Homo superiors with all of their different powers, and then wipe out all the other Homo sapiens and live in a world of super people. 
he said with an evil voice. My God, look at that. <laughs> Is Drew an anime artist? Look at that. Um, so he's met his twin brother who also has superpowers and perfect memory. And his plan is to wipe out mankind, except for people like him. So basically genocide. <laughs> this is great. This is terrible. Um, with an evil voice. Oh my gosh, have you done it yet? What kind of question is that, Reteen? Have you done it yet? I don't know. Are all homo sapiens dead? No, they're not. Okay. Uh, I said cautiously, yes. Are you in? Wait, that doesn't make sense. Why does he say yes? Clearly he hasn't done it yet, unless there was a part of this plot where all uh, <laughs> all homo sapiens got wiped out off camera. Off camera, this is a book. Off page or something like that. Yes, are you in? He asked quietly. I felt my throat tighten. Are you serious? I can't go against my own people. <laughs> my own people. Even though I thought we established he was homo superior. Um, well... You're my brother. This is our antagonist, clearly. You're my brother, so I won't kill you now. Think about what's about to happen. Yeah, this 12-year-old's going to wipe out the human race. Uh, Adam Anderson, thank you for the super chat, the content I live for. <laughs> thank you very much for the donation. Appreciate it. Um, he, tells me as he, began, he tells me as he begins to drift off. Wait, I cried. I didn't catch your name. He looked back. Oh no. Sordath. My brother. So, oh, he says that. Sordath, my brother. What's yours? I grinned. Reti and then he stops himself from saying the name. Raptor. You can call me Raptor. And he writes it in all caps. I don't know if he said it in all caps. Like, is it like speaking? Like, I grinned. Reti. Raptor! You can call me Raptor! That's that's his name. Okay. Ooh, look at this shot. Uh, he's blowing through the sound barrier, flying away. You know Sordath is the villain because he has a black T-shirt on. All right, Sordath said. This is a 12-year-old, by the way. Think about what I said. He drifted off with a small grin, then bursted through the sound barrier and disappeared. Wow. Impressive. Wow, I said. Today has been a very big, very big... What? I thought I was going to say big day. He just said, today has been very big. Very big. Okay, just today has been big. I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, I decided I've been in the air too long because my legs were falling asleep. Would that happen? Would your legs fall asleep if you were flying through the air all the time? Maybe they would. I don't know. This isn't very realistic. I landed in a junkyard and found a mattress and pillow. Might as well have a little fun. What? So I brought the made-up bed to the... Why would he say that? To the top of the Manhattan Bridge to sleep. Oh, thank God. I thought that was going in a different direction. <laughs> uh, never mind. All the stars were showing. Probably millions were just visible. I watched them and thought about what Sordath said and then drifted off to sleep. There's the illustrations. He's laying down on the mattress here. And then I guess he took his shirt off when he went to bed. So that's why I'm topless or routine's topless. I wake up hungry with an exclamation mark. I just real realized I'd not eaten anything for 24 hours. That's not good at all. That's not good. When I got up there, there were eggs and toast. 
toast with Sordath eating his own plate. This is kind of creepy. Okay. How did you find me here? How did you find me here, I asked. Apparently, you're my neighbor now. As Sordath pointed at the next pillar of the bridge, there was a bed, refrigerator, lamp, and a desk. So apparently they have electricity at the top of the Manhattan Bridge somehow. And his twin brother has been living at the top of Manhattan Bridge for a long time. And Reteen just randomly decided, I'm going to take a mattress and a pillow to the top of the other pillar. And he didn't notice his brother was on the other one. Okay. Oh, did I invaded did I invaded your territory? I asked him kindly. No, no, Sordath replied. I just thought it was funny that you had the and there's a picture of him freaked out. Let me get a close up on that. He's very disturbed by the fact that his brother Sordath is there and he's making him toast. <laughs> okay. Yes, that face, Pez podcast. That that exact face is the one he's making. Okay, uh, wait, 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 let me catch the first part of the sentence. Uh, no, no, Sordath replied, I just thought it was funny that you had the same instincts as I did. Yeah, I said awkwardly because my shirt wasn't on. This is bizarre. Listen, Sordath, I thought about what you said last night and Sordath interrupted. I knew it! I knew you would want to fight. What is this face? Why would he say, I knew you would want to fight? You see this? He's toast? Look at his face. That's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. We need to turn all these faces into Discord emotes. <laughs> would you guys be okay if I just left it on this angle, or do you want me to go back to the older angle? might be easier if I just read it from this angle. Okay. That's actually what I... Moving on. Didn't want, I said. So With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Poor death. I wish we could be friends, brothers, but I can see we're not going to agree. Sore death's eyes shrunk. Why would his eyes shrink? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, okay. He began to get angry. You fool! How do you think you will live on being different? You are different! <laughs> I don't want to play with you. You're different. I don't know. This is just sword-ass character is hilarious. You fool! <laughs> That's what a 12-year-old would say. How do you think you will live on being different? You are different. That Maybe that was my origins of an apple sheep. I'm talking about being different and stuff like that. Uh, 
he took the plate and threw it at my head. Wow, he just made him breakfast and now he's throwing breakfast at him. What a jerk. I took the bed mattress and used it to push Sordath off the bridge pillar. Okay, now moving on to murder. Uh, Sordath off the... To push Sordath off the bridge pillar, he fell, but I knew he would come back. Next page. Since he could fly. Well, that's just obvious. So I flew off the pillar and went as I... And went as I could, breaking the sound barrier? Wait. I flew off the pillar and went as I could, breaking the sound I think I meant to say I went as fast as I could. That's my guess. Everything went away. Everything went away. I kept flying and eventually was away from the city. I was scared, so I kept going. There was a grass valley below me, so I decided to uh, land Hitting the ground with a thud. Okay, that sounds painful. Feeling embarrassed. I got up with a bit of a bruise. Something was stirring in the valley. Oh, no. What is that? I asked myself. Something was yelling angrily. You are a fool. Don't think about trying to escape. What makes you think you can get away with this? Oh, no. There's another weird name. Tusra. His name is Tusra. Okay. There were four people with two of them tied up. One had fire coming from his... What the heck are we talking? What do you guys think the fire's coming from? His hands and the other almost separating some handcuffs. I felt sorry for them. They were obviously going to be murdered for being super people. Well, clearly they're not very super if they can be murdered. Uh, I think this is a shotgun I drew. (laughs) <laughs> Look at this guy's hair. And some character's name is Tusra, I guess. Uh, using my powers, I separated their cuffs. They both started beating the people, mocking them. One shot fire into their faces, and the other began to crack their heads. This is so violent. Okay. Five seconds later, the mortals were dead. Wait, wait, wait. I thought they were called Homo sapiens. Now they're called mortals. Oh, okay. I got up. I got up and uploaded. Imploded. Applauded. Okay. I got up and applauded. So my character, who's giving them the thumbs up here, Retine, is uh, giving him giving them applause for just cracking people's heads and shooting fire in their faces. I, I applauded, and I spelled that incorrectly. Wow, that was great! How did you do that? I complimented. Back away, Thordath. You can't stop me in Conrocks. <laughs> Tus to wait. Ta- Tusra? Tusra and Conrax are in control now. Uh Tusra, I guess, obviously said. Oh wait! I am not sword wait. I guess obviously. Oh no! This is the original. This is this is so confusing. I can't figure out who is talking. Okay. Uh, this is back to my regular character. Oh wait! I am not Sordeth. I am Reet. And then he interrupts himself. Raptor. My name is Raptor. I am Sordeth's twin brother. I explained. Next page. Do you like him? Conrox asked with a booming voice oh a booming voice do you like him he asked with a booming voice well uh not 
really anymore, I replied. Then you're our friend. Did you take off our cuffs? Tusra asked. Yeah, uh, did you think it was cool? I responded. Did you think it was cool? Oh, my God. Uh, on. That is not important right now. I am Tusra with fiery hands. <laughs> I am Tusra with fiery hands. And this is my friend, Conrox, with super strength. If he had super strength, why was he handcuffed to a pole? Would that have mattered? I don't know. We are not with Zordath's evil plan to kill Homo sapiens. Then you can count me in, I said excitedly. Good. We could use someone with control over movement, Tusra said. We need you, man, Conrox continued. I don't know how old these guys are. I assume they're the same age. You're the only one who could possibly kill Sordath. And there's his aggressive haircut, I guess. Next page. Kill him, I gasped. He's my brother who's the only other family member left of my kind. Now I meet him and you want me to kill him? He is determined, Conrox explained. When you two were born, Sordath absorbed most of your hormones. So it's based off hormones. <laughs> okay. Sordoth absorbed most of your hormones. He grew faster and learned easier for hormones that make you determined he was twice as much than you do. What? I like how I tried to explain it using science. They're like, look, the little dot means hormones. Sordath has more hormones than Raptor. Therefore, he is more powerful. Okay. Let me try to read this again. It's not making much sense. Um, he grew faster and learned easier. For hormones that make you determined, he has twice as much than you do. So you see, he's not going to change his mind. Why would he not? Just because his horm Is he hormonal? Is that, is that the angle we're taking here? I, I'll remind you guys, I wrote this a long time ago. Uh, I thought of ways around killing him. It would Wait, who's speaking now? This is the narrator. Okay. I thought of ways around killing him. It would be physically hard to destroy him anyway. Then something came to mind. Tusra, I said. We're going to school. What? Why? Why, Tusra? In Conrox asked. Maybe at the same time. I don't know. I grinned and got my own little evil smile going. <laughs> that sounds disturbing. Uh... When this book turns out to just be an advertisement for steroids. Yes, I did a sponsorship when I was 12 to promote steroids. I grinned and got my own little evil smile going. It actually says that. Um, <laughs> look at his face. What the hell? Look at that face. <laughs> okay. We're going to kidnap a student. <laughs> this sounds terrible. This is awful. YouTube's going to flag this. When I wrote books in the fourth grade, I did not make them monetizable. Um, so they, so there we were, using my powers. We were flying back to New York City. A bunch of... R-year-olds? Oh, 12. Okay. I just I wrote the number 12 incredibly poorly. Why are they going to kidnap a student? This makes no sense to me. Okay, uh, 
we uh, a bunch of twelve year olds with superpowers. Okay, so now we know Conrax and Tusra are also twelve alongside Reteen. Nothing could be any better, right? Uh, Tusra and Conrax quite enjoyed their first flight. Oh, they're flying too. Wait. So they all can fly. I'm confused. I was pretty used to it now. We flew low because if Sordath was out, I didn't want him to see us. We landed on the school office roof. No one was at recess, so we were unseen. Do you guys remember recess? That used to be like the best thing. Okay, Raptor, tell us what's your plan. By now we really have to know, asked Conrax. All right, listen closely. I have never been... I have never been emotionally sad in my life. What? What? Okay. Or you could say, I never had a crush on someone. Oh my god, what? Never had a crush on someone. Why has a crush been brought up? Oh my god. Now I know why. Sordath absorbed all of them... When we were babies. What? Did we miss something? I've never been emotionally sad in my life, or you could say I never had a crush on someone. Now I know why. Sordath absorbed all of them. All of what? Uh, when we were babies. He must be really desperate for a girlfriend. <laughs> what? So because Sordath has all the hormones, he's like more desperate for a girlfriend. So this is routine imagining Sordath with with hearts in his eyes, essentially. That's what the drawing is. (laughs) I broke up with my elementary school girlfriend. We dated for a whole three hours. Wow. That's got to be rough. So you two guys have to find some pretty girl and get her to come to Sordath. This is not okay. Why did my teacher let me publish this? She'll say she's a homo superior, and hopefully Sordath will fall in love with her. Oh, it's like a love trap. I get it. Okay, I thought this was going to get a lot more creepy. So basically, this book consists of kidnapping a 12-year-old girl, but they're all 12-year-olds anyway. So is it that creepy? Okay, this is a brilliant plan. I mean, this is something a 12-year-old would probably do if they had superpowers. Let's go try to lure him with a pretty girl. This sounds like something a 12-year-old would say. She'll say she's a homo superior, and hopefully Sordath will fall in love with her. Just obviously, of course, of course he will. Um, then she'll admit that she is a homo sapien, and she doesn't want him to wipe out her type. Don't wipe out my type. You know, that's that's the angle they're going on. By then, it is just a matter of how many attractive or determined cells in his brain. I finished. What is that? Okay, I'm trying to understand the plot here. Essentially, the plot is... It's just a matter of how many attractive or determined cells in his brain. So basically, because he has all these hormones in his brain that make him so powerful, apparently it will be a juxtaposition of do i love this girl and not wipe out homo sapiens or do i love my own kind homo superior so much that i will uh kill that who i love so much (laughs) 
distract evil villain with woman. Done. Yeah, we got it. We got it. All right. Really? That's your plan? When do we kill him? Tusra asked. We don't need to. Then everything goes back to normal. Everyone wins. That is, if the homo sapien does like Sordath, I explained. This plot does not take into consideration the perspective of the woman. That's what Reteen is not considering here. They're going to kidnap a girl and try to set her up with Sordath against her will. What happens if she doesn't want to do it? Or what happens if Sordath decides, now nah, I want to still kill her? Then just this random 12-year-old girl's going to die then. This is a problem. This is not a perfect plan, Reteen. I don't like this plan. As a grown-up reading this now, years later. Okay, next page. All right, but if it doesn't work, we kill him, yelled Tusra. Okay, keep your voices down, I said while bumping him. Conrox and Tusra begin climbing down the building like spiders. Okay, I guess they can do that. <laughs> well, she can suck it up. <laughs> That's not okay. That's not okay. Plot twist, she falls for the good one who looks exactly the same as the bad one. <laughs> I think that's that's a very likely ending. Knowing how a 12-year-old writes a story, I think there's a good chance of the girl they kidnap falling in love with Reteen because that's that's how cliche of a uh that's how cliche of a book this probably is. Conrocks and Tusra began climbing down the building like spiders. I watched them burst into classrooms looking for someone pretty. <laughs> oh my god. I'm amazed my teacher didn't stop me here. Why didn't my teacher be like, "You know what?" You should really rethink this plot. This this isn't great. Okay. Finally, they came out with the girl, hands behind her back like a criminal. I brought them up to the roof. What's happening? The girl screamed. My God. Remember, guys, this is a kid's book, so nothing bad's going to happen. Um, be quiet, uh, girl. I don't want to tape your mouth shut. It literally says that. I'm not making this up. Oh, my God. This is terrifying. I began. We don't want to hurt. Oh, this is Reteen? This is our main character. And he's threatening to tape this random chick's mouth shut. This is terrible. Uh, We don't want to hurt you. What do you want with me? The girl asked. First, your name. Second note. Second. Oh, wait. First, your name. Second, rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 10. <laughs> it actually says that. First, your name. Second, rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 10. <laughs> what a question to ask a 12-year-old. Lastly, do you want to help mankind? She's like, probably like, not right now, I don't. I want to know my grade on this, too. Uh, lastly, do you want to help mankind? I said, fine. My name is Elaine. I give myself a 10 out of 10. I don't know exact. I don't exactly know what you mean by help mankind. Elaine said with a sassy tone. Jeez, Drew. My God. Wow. <laughs> Remember when this story started with an entitled child wanting awards for getting a hundred percent grades. Yeah. Now he's kidnapping people. Oh, my goodness. This is perfect, Raptor. All we have to do is get her to love Sordath, Conrax said excitedly. I like how he's already admitting this is fine. Like, 
She's she's all entitled already. Like she's comfortable with the fact that she's been kidnapped. She's just like, well, first of all, I'm a ten out of ten, so let's get that straight. And I don't know what you mean by help mankind. What are we even talking about? Because I'm I'm saying that because it says sassy tone. Okay. And Conrax is like, great, just fall in love with Sordath. Problem solved. Okay, next page. What? Love someone? Who are you people? Elaine yelled. We ask the questions, Tusra said angrily. We need you to pretend that you love someone so that... We need you to pretend that you love someone so that you... So that they won't destroy the world or take over it. His name is Zordath. He's my twin brother, and he wants to take over the world with his superpowers. If he falls in love with you, he won't kill everyone. Got it? I tried to explain to her. This is this is a perfect, like, got it face. Like, look, this is very simple. You just fall in love with this dude. He won't destroy the planet. Okay? Got it? It's that simple. Next page. Uh, I think so, Elaine said, but I'm not sure who this Sordath is. Well, obviously he looks just like Raptor, Tusra mumbled. (sighs) What the hell? I don't know if I should keep reading this. Should I practice on Raptor to try to attract (laughs) Sordath? Wow, Elaine, calm down. She's getting aggressive here. Elaine asked with a positive attitude. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, you just do what you would do to a regular guy, which I hope is nothing. She's 12 years old. We don't know how old she is, actually. Okay, this is this is her with the confident voice. Look at his face. <laughs> this is beautiful. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, you just do what you do to a regular guy, I said quickly. Elaine goes to Sordath within... Is this a quote? Oh, no, this is a description. Elaine goes to Sordath within five minutes. Look at this weird... Hold on a diddly darn minute. (laughs) What grade were these written in? Oh, I just wrote this yesterday. This is the book. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This was fourth or fifth grade, I think. Elementary school, obviously. So a long time ago, basically. Before high school, before middle school. Okay. um, Look at her face. (laughs) <laughs> this is my her hair outline. <laughs> he's bald. Okay. Um uh she went uh Elaine murmured. Sorry Elaine, but it's for a good cause, Conrad said quickly. Hold on to yourselves. We're going to fly pretty quick, I said. We all flew up and felt the wind flushing against our faces. Elaine screamed the first couple of seconds. Then began to enjoy it (laughs) oh my god this is awful we couldn't see much of the city we flew low under the radar of sordath wait sordath has radar now maybe it's just an expression uh after flying around for a while we saw sordath flying above everything we started following sordath so eventually he would have to land the plan was raptor would make elaine fly and that would be her fake superpower it was risky but i didn't but I did not want to kill my last family member. No, we'll just kill this random chick you just met. Um, so I think it's making a bit more sense now. Reteen has the power to move things with his mind, including himself, which means that he can move Tusra and Conrax. He can also move 
uh, Elaine, which is how they're all able to fly. So not everyone has superpowers. He just has the power of telepathy. Uh, so he's able to make everyone fly. Just so we can clear that up. Okay. Uh, it was risky, but I did not want to kill my last family member. Sordath finally landed on the bridge pillar, so Raptor began to make Elaine look like she was flying and sent her up to the pillar. Hello there. Wow, I predicted that. Elaine said peacefully. Uh, Sordath turned around quickly and realized how pretty she was. Hi, uh, uh, are, are you uh, 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 ho- uh, uh, homo superior? He asked nervously. <laughs> Next page. What do you think? Elaine said, drifting towards the edge of the pril- uh, uh, drifting towards the edge of the pillar while landing. Uh. Why have you come? asked Sordath. Eh, I've been flying around the city trying to find someone else who can manage these powers. She is a great actress. She's able to just fake it automatically. Look at look at these lovey-dovey eyes. Sordath. Sordath is totally into it. Elaine's beautiful, and Sordath has fallen for her immediately. Trying to find someone else who can manage these powers. Next page. Then I saw you. You. (laughs) Oh, no. This is embarrassing. I got to commit, though. Okay. You you handsome man drifting around like like an angel, Elaine said, making it up as she went. Tusher, Conrax, and me were hiding on the side of the pillar so we could hear everything they said. Well, not to mention you're a beautiful woman... Drifting in the skies, Sordath complimented, putting his, puffing his chest and starting to blush. Wow, is this so flirtatious? Um, you have made a nice place up on this bridge. Next page. Uh, Elaine said, looking at the messy desk and unfolded sheets of the bed. Oh, sorry, I uh, uh, didn't expect company, Sordath said while making his bed using his powers. <laughs> Just add a little sound effect. <laughs> Made his bed. Uh, uh, may I stay with you? That's not okay. My kid made this. I would have stopped him right there. May I stay with you since I have no other place to stay? Maybe on the nearby pillar. Oh, thank God. I thought they were going to try to... Uh, yeah, okay. Nearby pillar or on top of that building? Or Elaine thought Elaine thought of other things, but Sordath interrupted. You may stay wherever you like. I'll fix up another bed with a lamp and you can stay anywhere. Okay, so that's good. They put our foot down on the on this book, and the author wants you to know they didn't they weren't gonna sleep in the same bed. No, 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 no. These are kids. They were they were gonna get another pillar, another part of the bridge. <laughs> Even with superpowers, you still don't make your bed. Yes! Exactly. I, I probably wouldn't either, to be honest. Um, Sordath said, grinning. This is working, Conrax whispered. Don't speak too soon. We don't know how he'll react once he finds out she's a normal human. I whispered back. We should, we should leave until tomorrow. Then follow. Wait, they're going to leave her? What is that word? Then allow her to speak the truth, Tusra suggested. Okay, that'll give Elaine and Sordath enough time to like each other. What, like a day? I think, I think, I mean, I think Sordath is in love already, but okay. 
uh, that'll give Elaine and Sordath enough time to like each other, I confirmed. So we drifted off, and I let Conrax and Tusra down at a station subway. Finally, a picture again. It's the same picture as before. He's laying down on the mattress. Whew, at least she gets a lamp at her bed. <laughs> Somehow they have electricity at the top of the pillar. Okay. Uh, while I found another mattress to sleep on in the middle of the night, I would go to Elaine and have a conference about how this plan was working. Wait. Uh, okay, that's the main character. Three hours later, after trying to... Do after trying to find Elaine asleep, I found her and landed. This is so weird. Oh, hi, Sordath. What do you, Elaine yawned. Nope, it's Raptor. Similar, but a different person. Oh, I get it. So she's on her own pillar right now by herself. And then Retain lands. And she thinks it's Sordath because it's a twin. Clearly she didn't realize. Uh, Sordath wears a black t-shirt. Retain wears a red t-shirt. And uh, she's like, oh, what do you want, Sordath? And he's like, no, it's me. It's Raptor. Uh, I said while landing. Oh, what do you want? She said, opening her eyes. I wanted to ask you how this plan is working, I yawned. Yeah, uh, it's great. Me and Sordath had a great time. He's kind of cute. Anyway. Oh, I didn't mean I thought you were. Uh-huh. She murmured. Wow, this is like flawless chemistry. The fact that she has to, I don't want to use the word seduce because that sounds wrong, but she has to try to convince Sordath to fall in love with her. And she's complimenting Sordath because he's not there right now, saying like, oh, he's cute, even though he looks identical to Retine, who is there. Ugh, the chemistry, the flirtatiousness, it's so wonderful. That's okay. That's okay, Elaine. I know Sordath is more handsome <laughs> since me and him look exactly the same, I exaggerated while sitting on the mattress with her. Hey, it's not okay. Not okay. He needs he needs to get off. You you guys are 12. You should not be on the same mattress. Uh sorry. Anyway, uh me and Sordath had a great time and I stopped her. Good, that's all I needed to know. Now I am off to bed again. I began walking off the pillar. Wait! Elaine made a stop sign with her hand. <laughs> she could have just... I, I, Assuming she made like an entire physical stop sign, she just... That's her superpower. No, I'm kidding. I uh, just wanted to let you know, I'm glad you brought me into this. Oh, come on! If this was a movie, this would have been so cringy. It would have been so cringy. I didn't smile, even though it would have been the right thing to do. So I dropped off the bridge pillar, falling, then catching myself while I fell. I went back to the junkyard to look for another mattress, then slept good. Did he find another mattress? Did he sleep on the mattress? I don't know. It just, it just says the, he went back to the junkyard. All right. The sun woke me up by shoving the light in my face like an alarm clock. That's an interesting analogy, but... Okay. When I woke up, I almost thought that the entire thing was a dream. Oh, man, I have to go to Elaine quick. She's going to admit she's a homo sapien, I told myself. So I flew up, heading for the bridge pillar. I could see the silhouette of Elaine and Sordath looking at each other. Going under the radar again, I sneaked up right next to the edge until I could hear them talking. It's the wrong kind of hear, by the way. I misspelled. Um... 
Anything, anything you, anything, anything you want in this world, you may have it. Sordath must have answered someone's question. I assume it's Elaine Drew, but okay. Sordath, I'm not a Homo Superior. I'm a Hopo. I'm a Homo Sapien. I flew up and stood right next to her. And I wish you would not destroy my. And I wish you would not destroy my species. Elaine sincerely said. Sordath was in awe. He looked confused at the same time. Okay. He looked at me and began to open his mouth. Raptor, Sordath began. You are surely my brother. Because no other kid could come up with a trick this good. Ooh, he thought of it. He thought of everything. I grinned. He continued. I know now that for me to have a happy life, I don't need to create violence. And I am sorry. Wow. He caved in so quickly. My goodness. I completely smiled and walked up to him. We both began laughing while he began to cry. I hugged him while Elaine began to laugh and joined the hug circle. Oh, this is going to be awkward. They just forgive each other? <laughs> lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because in that case, who does... Who does Elaine fall in love with then? Does she fall in love with uh, Sordath? Or does she fall in love with Reteen? If they all just forgive each other. Yeah, the plan worked flawlessly. <laughs> how often does that happen in a plot? Okay, here's how we're going to get them. Works perfectly. Huh? See? That's the twist. None of you were expecting. Most movies, they have a plan, and then the plan fails. This twist is that there isn't a failure in the plan, and it just works flawlessly. I'll go tell Tusra and Conrox the good news later, but I don't want to miss this wonderful moment, I told him. All right, next page. We stayed on the pillars for a while, dwelling there. When we got older, we fought against the government for our freedom. <laughs> okay. Uh Sordath married Elaine while I stayed single. Oh, that's sad. That's that's wicked sad. That's super sad. So because of this trap and because he kidnapped her, he has to stay alone for the rest of his life. So I guess this was a point in my life where I thought I would be alone forever. And I was just like, oh, I stayed single. I, I just I never married. Um. We lived with each other for the rest of our lives. Wait, what? That's awkward. You lived with your brother and your brother's wife? 
Yeah, that happened because you ain't got no hormones. <laughs> that's right. Okay, I guess that's consistent with the plot. If you had no attraction to anyone else in your entire life, you never even had a crush, maybe you would prefer to stay single for the rest of your life. I don't know. All right, for the rest of our lives. Page 104, that concludes Raptor. That's the end of the book. I think there was a lot more to it I had in my head, but I just had to wrap it up. Superhero mooch. <laughs> About the author. Here's a picture of me. Bottom. Right there. Uh, Drew Erickson is 12 and lives a happy life. Drew enjoys writing his mountain bike, making movies, and writing. Drew wants to make a sequel to this book. Oh, no. Now I'm going to give you all ideas. And make it, in, make it a movie. He had the story in his head for a while. Drew has worked hard on this book. Oh, God. Now I wish I wouldn't have read that. Now you guys are going to be like, okay. Sequel, sequel. All right. Thank goodness there isn't more. <laughs> Luckily, we didn't uh, continue writing with that. I need a sequel. <laughs> Becomes an actual author. I do not have to make a sequel soon. But um, what we can do, I think that's the longest book. I'm pretty sure all the rest of the books are um, not as long as that one is. I do have more time. This is my job. I can do whatever I want. Do we want to keep reading? Do you guys want to keep going? Or do you think we should wait for another time? I don't know. Too long it would be. We have we have some cheap books. These will take no time to read. Uh, whereas this one's probably a bit longer, but it's not going to be as long as that one. I don't... Raptor took an hour? My God. It took an hour to read. Yes, this, this audio will be available on the Talos of Talks podcast after the fact. So if you guys want to hear the books, again, not on YouTube, you'll be able to. Dang, you sure your main character... Uh, doesn't have hormones because he'd be dummy thick. <laughs> he'd be dummy thick. Uh, we want Talos of Story. This is it. This is it. I, I'm just saying, like, there's only so many old kid books I can find. So that's why I'm saying this is rare. Like, it's not going to be something we can do regularly. This is something that's like, it's here. You can go back and watch this later, but that's it. Um, Okay, if you guys, I, I see a lot of yes in the chat, so I'm going to keep going reading. And I'm not really much of a book person, but I guess if I'm the one who wrote it. So luckily, the pictures look a lot better in this one. Um, I think I was younger. I think I wrote this book first. So last book I wrote when I was 12. This one, I think, was like 10 or 11, somewhere in there. And it's called Invincible. Uh, and a fun fact about this, just kind of looking at the front cover, because I believe this was... Something on the back with just a big eye that says, I see you. But look at the attention to detail. Look at all the veins coming out. Um, although I got to say, he had the worst hairline ever seen. His hairline changed every single picture. It was something else. Um, we should publish these on Apple Books. Let's <laughs> see how many people will download them. Um, <laughs> you think someone will hear this and make Talos a fan fiction version? Ah, it's been done. I've, I've seen those. Uh Fun fact, when I made this book, I was 10 years old, which meant it was 2008. And I remember, fun fact for you, writing this book and thinking, wow, this is a great idea. No one's thought of this. And then the first Iron Man came out. And I thought that Iron Man had stolen my idea. This is just from what I can remember back in the fourth grade. Because I legit, for the longest time, had this idea of being a man 
in a suit in a metal suit of armor that made you bigger and more powerful and gave you more powers and a jetpack and everything. And when Iron Man came out, I was like, I was like, oh my god, they stole my idea. That was my idea. Obviously, it was not a very original idea. I'm not. I'm not trying to take credit. Obviously, I don't think John Favreau saw the book Invincible when he decided to make Iron Man. And I just felt like someone had beat me to the punch. But uh, is this like Dank Kitty Publishing? Uh, Darth Kitty. Darth Kitty Publishing, which may have been referenced to my cat Pickle, but he's gone. Okay, so this book is definitely not as thick. It's not as dummy thick. Um, too soon. Oh, it's falling apart, too. Okay, so the, the paper part of this book fell off. Maybe it'll be easier if I just read it like this. I'm pretty sure there's nothing in here. Ooh. We, we've got some inside cover here. Look at how detailed this is. Drew wrote Iron Man <laughs> confirmed. Okay, in here we have uh, about the story. Mostly you will see aliens come and invade things. But what happens when th- but what happens when three alien species try to take over? Read my book and find funny and strange villains. Villains. It literally it just says villains. No uh, no o. Oh. So I think I meant f- find funny and strange violence. Earth shall have a great loss, but must be saved by great men. Wow. A little one-sided there, Drew. Uh, About the author. Hi, I'm Drew Erickson, and I wrote this story. I have made other books in fourth grade, like Dragon Man or, with help, American Lions. I have two older sisters named Abby and Emily. I love writing stories. That's why I decided to make my story a little bit longer than my other stories. I have a nice mom and dad. I love Legos and IMAX. I literally wrote that here. The apple sheep goes deep. Literally says, I love Legos and IMAX. I want to be a pilot when I grow up. I have a cat slash evil, and his name is Pickle. I hope you enjoyed my book. Aw, I still reference Pickle back then. Okay. Yeah, I was writing with Roman numerals back then. Look at, look at the uh, invincible table of contents. Chapter one, the war begins. Maybe these have spoilers. I'm not going to read the table of contents. <laughs> my name is Drew, and this is my TED Talk. All right. First page. I dedicate this book to my friends and family. And then there's just this evil picture of a man with a helmet on. Okay. Welcome to Telos' book. Far better than Apple books. Uh, here's the table of contents again. Drew Erickson also made Gone Nutty. Sineke, John Ray, Natha 2, Missing Pancakes, Dragon Man, and American Lions, Darth Kitty Publishing. I don't think I have all these. I I have Sineke and John Ray, but I don't know where Natha 2 is. I don't know where Missing Pancakes, Dragon Man... I don't know where some of these books are. We have to find them. I don't even think I know Roman numerals these days. I love... I was obsessed with Roman numerals growing up because I liked Star Wars movies, and I always had the Roman numerals. I love writing with those. Whoa. This is a cool front page. Look at that. I think this is like the boot. This is my character's boot. And then there's like aliens everywhere. This non-moving picture has been rated. What? <laughs> this non-moving picture? Oh, it's like a it's like a motion picture association rating. 
this this non-moving picture has been rated I I A L B F B A V P S H A A W Y. It is if it is a little bad for blood. I'm trying to understand what I said. It is a little or is a little bad for bloody in violent pictures. So there are. So have so have an adult with you. That was basically what I was trying to say with this long title was that there's a little it is a little bad with blood and you should have an adult with you when reading the book. Okay. Rating system is flawless as well. Chapter one, the war begins. Wow, we're going to origins here. The Tesseract has awoken. All right. In the year 2522, there was a huge meteorite flying through space. It was flying through space ever since 2008. Well, it's not a meteorite then, but okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I love how me as the author is like, it's been flying through the 2008, but that doesn't matter right now. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, it finally got caught by sun's gravity. Remember, this is a huge meteorite, so when it got into the solar system, it became a dwarf planet. Wow. Okay. Oh, my God. There's so much reading. All right. Here we go, folks. We're in, we're in it for the long haul. It was detected by an alien. I said a alien. I should have said an. It was detected by a alien type called Marchance. The Marchance... Uh, How's the best way to read this? The Marchants decided to put thousands of military bases on it to attack humans. There was only one problem for the aliens. The humans were already going to the dwarf planet to investigate. It was not long before the humans got to the planet. The Marchants couldn't get there because their government was bad and they couldn't save money. Oof! Bad government. Can't save money. All right. All right. Wonder why 2008. Oh, wait! (laughs) Wait a minute. The humans finally got to the dwarf planet. They saw no life and started planting American flags into the ground, claiming it theirs. The Marchants are very picky savages. They are like black mambas with rabies. <laughs> Isn't that a type of snake? Snake with rabies? Okay. They are very picky. <laughs> Even worse. They are very... <laughs> That's the worst part. First of all, they're like black mambas. Second of all, they have rabies. But even worse, they're picky. That's what's really terrible about the Marchants. This is a cool suit. Look at that outfit. Can someone cosplay as this thing? All right. Uh, So they immediately attacked the humans uh, at the dwarf planet. The humans didn't expect a battle, so most of them died. Darn. Only one survived. A general named Quintar Sharp. If you guys remember in the old days, my YouTube name to protect my identity used to be Quintar Lawrence. And uh, this guy's name is Quintar Sharp, which is a cool name. He is a very brave man. He uses weapons better than everyone else in his army. The army that attacked him, he shot down every single one of them. He has a giant suit that he stores things into. Okay, cool, cool. So there's the uh, American spaceship. There's Quintar Sharp. All right. (laughs) There was only one problem. The humans were too busy reading books about hormones. (laughs) All right, next page. Oh, my God, this is detailed. It is a very high technical suit. Now listen how it is put on. (laughs) I I love the narrative here. It is actually a giant suit covered with armor six feet thick of metal. 
he is six times the size of a human only when he's in the suit, though. It takes two hours to put the, to put the suit on. That takes way too long. There is a camera over his eyes so he can see high. There are reflex wires that you tie to your fingers, hands, legs, neck. To your neck? Really? Arms and feet. So it is making yourself huge. So I, I broke down the system and the technological uh, information on here. No, before AR Boss Minecraft. There were many channels before that. Uh, some of which no one has found yet, but I will show you one day. So there's camera, camera sensors, reflex wire, radar system, communicator, glass shield, pure metal armor, secure stable bars, okay, bar connectors, camera lens, camera lens protectors, microchip brain, communication system. All right, we got the point. It's it's very intricate. It's a very technologically advanced suit. All right. Quintar with his radar trying to pick up signals for American ships. After three days, he finally got a signal. It was a what? It was a jelly green giant F twenty two space shuttle. What a genius name! Jelly green, jelly green giant F twenty two space shuttle. Quintar responded back, and so did they. They picked him up and gave him food. Of course, they picked up their radar. They picked up on their radar some marchants. Marchants have been taking. Very powerful leaders hostage. The Marchants were using artillery and military to rule the leaders' planets. So I guess that's Quintar, who made a little base on the planet briefly. He made a little campfire. All right. Okay. I don't think I finished coloring this. I feel like these other planets should have been colored, but whatever. The humans used artillery, military, and air force. Lots of it. The came, the came to attack... The came to attack. I think I meant to say they came to attack. Um, now, this is the real beginning of war. Bold, underlined, exclamation mark. The first battle they had was on a planet called Swarogen. That sounds like something out of Star Wars. Swarogen. One of the leaders that has been captured owns nine planets, and he named all of them Swaro whatever. <laughs> is that the author giving up? or I think he meant like, I think I meant like Swaro something. So they all all the names start with Swaro because I don't know someone wrote this. The battle began. It took two months to win the first battle. Everyone had a party all over Swaro Jin. It was very deadly, though. Once again, there was another battle on Swaro Den. It only took one month to win this battle. Of course, they had another giant party. There was seven more battles on other planets. I like that he emphasizes they had to party. So this is the. Uh, this is the battleship. What's the name of the font? It's called Drew. Drew wrote this by hand. Um, there's the there's the battleships fighting and everything. I guess um, there was there was many there were many parties. Okay. Next page. After that, the Marchants got really angry and called in two other alien species. They were called Nothians and Archants. The Americans started to use Navy, Air Force, Artillery, and Military. Uh, those are all military, Drew. You don't have to keep saying military. Uh, the Americans knew that there was going to be a big battle very soon. The factories that made weapons were working like crazy. There was no breaks for anybody. So there's all the bottles they're making, I guess. That's kind of interesting. Look at this fourth grade drawing. Like I showed every part of the manufacturing process. They have the cap... They attach the cap, and then the arms go back. Okay. 
Anyway, I'm just complimenting myself. Uh, the military was also was training soldiers all the time. Pilots were learning how to shoot down enemies. Quintar's job was to look out and find if there are any Marchants, Nathians, or Archants. Marchants and Archants, that sounds way too similar. We're coming to attack. Then out of the middle of nowhere, a huge explosion was in the sky. Their satellite had been destroyed by Nathian Air Force ships. Okay. So there's the big explosion. Ah. Oh, shoot. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> These are all the expressions made by the people. Ah. <laughs> I like that one. You know, when aliens invade the planet. Ah. Darn. That's a problem. Next page. When the army tried to get up into space, the Nathians had already left far into space. The army sent little parts of their army all over the galaxy. They were searching for hidden bases from all of the enemies. The first base they found was from the Nathians. The army destroyed it very quickly. Everywhere in the galaxy, the bases were popping up everywhere. This is very redundant, but okay. And the army was destroying all the bases. One time, they came to a marchant base. They destroyed it, but the marchants were not going to give up without a fight. The marchants quickly went to attack the army. This is nonstop action. When the marchants came to attack the army, was already far into space finding more hidden bases. Oh, oh my god. That was chapter one. <laughs> I forgot there were chapters. Oh my goodness. This just keeps going. It feels like we're halfway through, though. I don't know. Chapter two. Big piece of phyrite. Throw the cheese. This happened before throw the cheese was even a thing. <laughs> A uh, big piece of fire, right? The war was still going on in the year 2523. The army was still spread out into the galaxy. The Marchants were trying to find the army. Everything was still going. The next battle was on a planet called Phyrite. It is a volcanic planet. The Marchants and the humans were afraid of the volcanoes blasting, yet they there were still some spouting. Okay. Some spouting. Moving on. Uh, the battle started on January 25th. The armies were facing each other until something happened. There was an earthquake right between them. The armies only used military, so now they couldn't fight unless they only shot cannons. I see. So there was an earthquake, and now it's separating the two armies. You've got the aliens on this side and the humans on this side. After a, about one hour, the earthquake started again. All of the human army jumped in, turned on their jetpacks, all except Quintar. He stayed put, then all all of the ground on Quintar's side started to slant down. Oh, I see. So this this part of the planet is breaking off. Alien brutally destroys planet. Civilians. Oh, wow. Yes. Ooh, this looks cool. Okay. Uh, he noticed that his jetpack was out of fuel. A piece of the planet was falling into an ocean of lava and fire. This is something a 10-year-old would write. Quintar started to climb up the ground. Then it was too late. He started to fall down the piece of fire right. He got out a gun that shoots out a rope. A grappling gun. Just say a grappling gun, Drew. It's okay. Uh, then he noticed that it didn't hook on to anything. He knew he was going to die, but he did not give up. He took out an electric sword and hit against the slanted land. He started to go slower. Then he came to a complete stop. Okay? So using daggers, he was able to slow down his, uh, his descent. Then he saw lots of lava came up and knew that the piece of phyrite hit the ocean of lava. He ducked so he wouldn't hit the lava. So much lava in one sentence. He did, but he let go of the swords against the ground. 
He started to fall now and was pretty sure that he was going to die now. And he still didn't give up. I like how he's sure he's going to die, but he's not giving up. Uh, He used the knives on his elbows to try and stop again. This was no use. The knives just broke. He still didn't give up, underlined. Uh, He used electric knives that were built into his fists. He stuck them into the ground to try to stop again, underlined three times, three exclamation marks. Uh, then he remembered that his backpack could transform into lots of different things. He made it turn into a glider. He flew all the way to where the ground was flat. Why didn't he just start with that? Just alien dabs. Alien does Fortnite dances. Oh my God. Look how much text there is. Oh good. We're already to chapter three. Uh, he forgot that the Marchants were at the top. They started shooting at him. Then he changed his glider into a rocket ship. He had a rocket ship glider this whole time. He could have just... It's not a glider at that point. Uh, He flew away out into space. He saw the humans. They were dead. They have been shot by the Marchands. Quintar wanted revenge now. He flew out back to human planet named Arkar? Arsar? Or something like that? It was stuffed with buildings that would train soldiers. He told everyone that they lost the war because of a stupid earthquake. (laughs) Dang it, earthquake. So stupid. Uh... He also told them they had lost the army. Now the humans don't have any defense. Arsar had to start training soldiers nonstop. All right. Chapter three, training. This has like a whole plot. This just keeps going. I was planning. This is a freaking novel. My goodness. Once they started to train, it turned to the year 2524. So it's been a year. It was not long before the Marchants found out. That's uh, that the humans had no defense. So the Marchants started to come after Arsar's people. Arsar had a few soldiers already trained, and they went out to attack the Marchants' ships. Quintar was their gold leader. Then st- they started aiming for the Marchants' tail. Then the humans were saying it would be easy inside their heads. What? Except Quintar. He knew that it was a little too easy. Right when one of the humans shot the Marchants... The Nathians' gigantic army came to attack. Quintar flew way up and told everyone to follow him. They did, but they had to dodge the guns that were shooting at them. Then some Archants came to attack from above. Then Quintar just told everyone to go faster, dodge the guns, and shoot. (laughs) What a genius. What a genius of military tactics. It's very simple to survive in warfare. Simply go faster, dodge the guns, and shoot. These tactics will actually get you through any video game as well. Any first-person shooter. All right. Dun-dun-dun. They didn't know what Quintar was trying to do, but they trusted him. After, they noticed that he wanted them to shoot at the Archants to get them out all the way. To get them out the way. Then the Marchants started to fall down at the humans, Nathians, and Marchants. Didn't we already say that? Oh, Archants started to fall down at the humans, Nathians, and Marchants. Uh, only the humans knew that the dead Archant ships were coming at them. The humans dodged the ships and the bullets. The ships started to fall on the march. Uh, the ships started to fall on the Marchant ships and the Nathians. The humans kept on shooting and dodging until the Nathian ships were gone. Plus the Marchants. Then all of the humans went back to the Arsar. Went back to Arsar to keep on training soldiers. This is my extremely uh detailed picture uh showcasing that part of the story <laughs> quintar don't die can we get marvel on the theatrical release yeah this is the uh, phase four coming to the mcu 
Chapter 4, Dagger Death. Oh, I wonder what happens. After a couple months of training on Arsar, they had a new army. It also turned to 25-25. Man, all the years are just passing by. The Marchants were training soldiers, too. The scientists were studying the Marchant ships that fell to Arsar. The scientists found out the name of the Marchant's leader. It was Dagger Death. The scientists found a picture of him in the ship. He looked like a dinosaur with strange guns. <laughs> That's great. Good. Uh, they copied the picture and put it on the internet, on walls, on asteroids flying through space, and in restaurants. That's a very, very interesting list of places. Where did they put pictures of Dagger Death? Uh, they put it on the internet. They put it on walls. They put it on asteroids flying through space. <laughs> and restaurants. Uh, he was big, but Dagger Death compared to Quintar was ready to face him. Not in space, but just both of them on the ground. Quintar practiced his moves every day for 13 hours. 13 hours of practicing his moves, all right? We're talking serious. Oh, that's that's the end of Chapter 5. Uh, chapter... Sorry, that's the end of Chapter 4. Now moving on to Chapter 5. He won't talk. For some strange reason, uh, people and the new army noticed that only when Quintar was in his ships, he would talk. Uh, was in his ships, he would talk. So one day, a person came to ask him uh, when his suit was off. The person said, um, um, do you, I mean, uh, um, uh, ever, uh, do you ever, uh, do you ever talk? For the first time, Quintar said, yeah, but the stupid suit doesn't have stinking speakers. (laughs) 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 And then, okay, let me read this line again. Quintar says, yeah. But the stupid suit doesn't have stinking speakers. Stupid, stupid, stupid. All caps. The person said, oh, I see. But don't lose your uh, temper, Mr. Sharp. We could afford that. I mean, we could fix that. Oh, I mean, uh, I will. uh, I, uh, Quintar just said, that's great. Now, why don't you get your fanny out there and install speakers? (laughs) Uh, this darn suit doesn't come with a pixel slate. Oh my god. <sighs> okay. This is he, did he use an ox cable to say that? Well, he's out of the suit right now. You can see him training. He's uh, got an army suit on. Um Quintar just said, "That's great. Why don't you get out there get your fanny out there and install speakers." All right. Quintar was a bit happier now. He can talk to other people now when he was fighting on the ground. So don't worry, there is talking in this story. <laughs> That's kind of fourth wall breaking. And pay attention, listeners. There is uh, talking in this movie. In this book, sorry. So I'm punching a punching bag, and there's some dumbbells and some weights. He's got to lift around. Um, chapter 6, On the Ground. This is all words. My goodness. An Air Force army from the Archants came to attack Pluto. The humans were on alert mode because Pluto is the same solar system as Earth. Earth is the most important planet of all that is beyond words to explain because it would be so long. <laughs> what? Why is Earth so important? I, I, I don't know. If you had multi-planetary species, would Earth matter that much? I don't know. Uh, let's see. If the humans lose Earth, then pretty much we lost Universe War, War One. Oh, I get it. World War One. Now we're going into Universe War One. Uh, I like that they assume there will be more Universe Wars, so... We have to label them up front. Universe War One. Okay, got it. 
The humans went out to space to attack back. Quintar said, all right, everyone, let's take these guys down like... Ooh, that's... I don't know if I should read that. That's that's kind of offensive. That's not politically correct. I Should I read something that's a little bit iffy? I don't like that I wrote this. This is not... <laughs> I made, I'm amazed I made this reference as a fourth grader. I don't think it's that bad, actually. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it's not that bad. Hmm. I can't decide. Do I want this read? Only if you guys will understand, this is not present-day Drew. This was written 11 years ago. And it's not... It's not... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't make this joke today. Okay. Um, <laughs> basically, I say, all right, everyone, let's take these guys down like an Indian and a cowboy. <laughs> Which I'm not sure what he's supposed to mean. The next man in command said, yeah, good joke, Quintar, but I just hope we don't die. <laughs> Quintar corrected him. It does not matter if we live or not. We must just defend our people. Okay, moving on. When they were flying around, Quintar's engine got shot. He decided to crash land on Pluto to survive. When he landed on it, he noticed that the humans and Archance were on the ground fighting each other. The only thing, uh, the only thing he was worried about was the ship. The kind of ship he was fighting was called an F-681. Uh, it is a $4 trillion plane. That's kind of expensive. Quintar said, well, it looks like I've got to make the best of it on the ground. Wow. Okay. He pressed the ejector seat button and flew up into the air. He hit the ground and bounced up because the gravity was very low on Pluto. Accurate. That is that is true. Um, he pulled all his guns out to show all of his pride. <laughs> he pulled all of his guns out to show all his pride. When he was finally, uh, when he was finally come, he started walking stealthy up to the humans. That was an interesting sentence. All right. He said, "Hey." I'm going to help you fight against the Archants. Then all of the humans turned their heads, and they were all Archants. Wait, what? So the Archants were humans all along? Or no, the humans were Archants all along. Or something. Um, I don't know. Quintar said, oops, wrong side. <laughs> As he was grinning a little inside his suit. All of the Archants started to shoot at Quintar because he was much bigger than all of them when he had his suit on. Then he said, if that's the way it's going to be, I shall smash you. Ooh, getting violent. He did smash them with his big fists. Then he used his jetpack to fly over to the humans. He had to dodge all of the bullets when he flew across the battlefield. He said again, hey guys, I'm going to help you fight against the Argents. A familiar face turned around and said, oh, yes, please help. Oh, and uh, I can have your and can I have your autograph, sir? Because I am a big fan. I was wondering if I could. Then Quintar said, "Shut it! We have a war to fight." While Quintar slapped him with his finger. Wow, he slapped the dude with his finger, even though it's six times. Those speakers would be great. Okay. Then the man who was talk uh, who was talking Quintar got shot right in the head. Quintar said, "That's one less person to feed." This Quintar doesn't give a flip. Holy crap. 
So this guy was like, can I have your autograph? I'm a big fan. And then he got shot in the head. Quintar was like, one less mouth to feed. He doesn't care. Wow. This is getting dark. Then Quintar took the man's place in the war. All right. Wow. Okay. A general came up to Quintar and said, how did you get down here? I thought you were fighting in space. Get, at, get back up there now. Quintar yelled, listen, general, stupid Archon shot me and I fell down to Pluto. So there you go. Don't get so angry at me. The general sighed and said, I am sorry, but the leader of the army told me that if anyone fell down to there, fell down to here, they were a bad soldier. Now I must bring you to prison. What? Savage. Got him. <laughs> so there's a little bit of illustration of the war going on there. And now because he got shot down, uh, he has to go to war prison. All right. Chapter 7. Going to prison with Weston. Who's a character we don't know yet. They took the suit off Quintar. Quintar knew that without a suit, uh, he had no power, so he didn't try to escape. He got put in a cell with another person named Weston. He got put in his prison uh, because he passed plane limits and what? And when cops came after him, he threw food at their windshield. And after that, he threw bombs in their cars. <laughs> okay, that's not all right. He should go to prison for that. Quintar said, so what did they get you for? Were you being a bad soldier? Weston said, no. Then Weston explained what he did. Quintar laughed. Well, it looks like that I'm the only one here that shouldn't be here. Weston asked, what? Are you going to try to bust out of here? Quintar said, no. I am going to get out of here. <laughs> Roasted. Uh, I will not try. Weston said, hey, I have an idea. We will get everyone in the prison out and use them to fight against Dagger Death. Quintar said, wait, how do you know about Dagger Death? Weston yelled, duh! It's been all over the galaxy. Everyone knows. Quintar said, oh yeah, you have a point. <laughs> uh, way worse than Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark never threw bombs in police cars. <laughs> uh, they also didn't say why Weston was in prison. He just is. They're just like, ah, and then he explained what he was in for. He didn't say what he was in for, though. Okay. All right. So now they're going to let everyone out of prison? This doesn't sound like a good idea. All right. Chapter 8. Everyone else. Weston and Quintar decided to climb up to the top of their cell and find the dead bodies that got hanged and use the bones for hammers and picks to get through the walls. Holy crap. This is dark. So there were people who were being hung and were using their bones as e utensils to get out? Oh, my goodness. Jesus. This is a lot to unpack. Okay. Um, they got to another cell with four people in it. Uh, their names were Drew, Luke, Ian, and Tyler T. Okay, I think these were friends I had at the time. I think that's where I got these names from. Weston said, you guys want to be in our mini army? Luke said, no, but I want to get out of here. Ian said, what are you talking about? I could, I would love to fight. Tyler said, yeah, and get rocket launchers and shoot people's heads off. Quintar said, we want you to defend the humans, not just kill things. Tyler T. said, who do you think you are? It has been every man's dream for their job to be killing people besides... Weston slapped him and said, 
If you don't be quiet right now, I will bite. <laughs> I will bite. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Next one. Uh, Drew laughed and... Wait, who's Drew? Oh, that's one of the prisoners. Drew laughed and said, Huh. Slab a kabow taibo la bala. Oh my god. I used the R word. Uh what about, man. Why didn't my teacher stop me? That's what's surprising me. Quintar said, Is your talking puppet uh <laughs> you know, the R word? My goodness. Okay. So this is Drew, apparently. Drew's character is just crazy. <laughs> and it speaks in complete gibberish and says uh la baba or something like that. I don't know. Just complete gibberish. Alright. Luke said No, well kind of. He just went to jail when he was a baby because he dropped metal pots on people's heads. Okay. Uh Quintar said, Well he must be pathetic. Weston said, Come on guys, let's go look at the next cell. My goodness. Didn't expect my ten year old self to be so so offensive all right they all use bones to break uh the walls everyone except drew drew took the head bones and threw them at luke's head weston laughed hey look he still has his old habit they finally got to the next cell a man said this is greg and i am ross yes we do not want to help you fight against the aliens these are also friends i had at the time teacher knew fine art yeah right okay i like how i just get remember then when this page used to be color i just gave up on coloring this Luke said, what a heck? Ian said, wait a second. Tyler T. said, what's the big idea? Drew said, hababababal. Quintar said, quiet. Weston said, Quintar, how could they know that we were going to ask them questions that they already answered? Quintar said, it's obvious. They must have heard us talking when we were with the other four guys. Since the guys already knew Greg and Ross wanted, they went right to the point. How were they going to get out? And it was just a speech bubble that said, what's the big idea? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, chapter 9, Getting Out. Greg measured everything in the building to find out what they could do. Now, this is the plan. Uh, Weston will throw Quintar through a wall. <laughs> okay. Will throw Quintar through a wall that will make a hole. If any guardians come... If, if guardians? Not guards? Okay. If any guardians uh, come, Drew will go in the bar's that stabilize the building and drop headbones on them. Then everyone will grab the Guardian's guns to defend themselves. Once they see that all the Guardians on their floor were knocked out, they will use ribs as pittance to climb down the building. Okay. Then they would get into a police jet and fly into space. A police jet. Have you ever heard of that? All right, next page. Uh, the plan started. Weston threw Quintar at the wall. It didn't work. <laughs> Here's the plan. Throw you at the wall to break through the wall. Throws Quintar at the wall. Doesn't work. The end. No. Uh, Quintar said, icy stars. Ah. Greg said, it seems that the speed and weight of Quintar was not enough, so I must calculate those problems again. Luke yelled, erg. I'm going to strangle you if you don't be quiet right now. Greg said to Quintar, Hey, Quintar, do you think that Luke is being rude? If he is, I think that Luke should put up a yellow card. What? P 
put up a yellow card? Is that like a kindergarten thing? Like your behavior card? Ross yelled, guys, come on. Let's just wait in and, until Quintar wants to be thrown again. Quintar said, I am ready. This time it will work. Yeah, so they're just going to keep throwing him. Weston threw Quintar, uh, but when he was almost there, the brick wall fell down. He still went flying and hit a guardian. Greg said, I was not planning that, but it works. <laughs> uh, Drew went to the bars by the roof with head bones, but he was dumb, so he threw one at Quintar. Quintar said, I see stars. Ah, pla-. Oh, I get it. It's like a returning gag. I got, I got it. All right. Um, Quintar said, I see stars. Ah. Tyler T said, do I have to do everything myself? He took the guardian that Quintar hit and took all the guns out. The, then pointed he pointed one at one side of a hallway and another on the other side. Ian said, hey, that's not fair. I want to shoot at people too. My goodness, what a violent book. It got lost after police jet. <laughs> Ian took off and did three backflips and then three front flips. How do you how is that possible? Luke yelled, show off. When I am picked up his when I am picked up his guns his guns, he said, What? I take gymnastics plus karate. I have a black belt. Hoya. Hoya. Weston said, all right, all right, guys, we've got to knock out more Guardians so we can all have guns. Ian said, your, your guys' plan is not good. I'm going to do mine. Luke said, I don't care what your plan is or anybody else's. I just want to get out of here. Another guard. Oh, finally, I switched to guard. That makes more sense. Uh, come around the hallway, but luckily Drew threw a bone at him. Drew yelled, Akasabla Tadaba. I can. Ian said, adios, amigos. And then Ian jumped through the glass window and landed on his feet. He noticed that the policemen were surrounding him. He pulled out his guns and shot all of them. Wow, that is terrible. Your aren't epic backflip. <laughs> Beautiful. Weston asked, uh, where did you find this guy? Tyler T. answered, he was caught bank, rob- bank robbing. Luke said, that's it. I'm going with Ian's plan. Then Luke jumped out the window. He tried to do flips, but he didn't. <laughs> Okay, I, mean, I think Amanda couldn't, but okay. He just landed in the dumpster. Roster and Weston all laughed. Ian said, dude, you need to get lessons. They took the policeman's keys and got into the jets and flew to space. So these are all the spaceships flying back. The police jets, I guess you can say, that somehow work in outer space. Uh, chapter 10, Sneaky Marchants. It turned to the year 2526. Oh, my God. When did this book start? What year was it? All right. <laughs> Quintar. Schemes master plan to break out of jail. Ian does backflips. <laughs> All right. Uh, it turned out uh, the year 2526, and the eight travelers were on their way to Earth. When they landed, they noticed the Marchants had whips, and they were whipping the harmless humans. Oh, no. That's terrible. Uh, Quintar said, you guys will have to cover me while I'm getting to that building. Weston asked, why do you need to get to that building? Quintar answered, my old suit is in there. I can only fight well in my suit. Weston asked, what suit? Hey, look at me. It does not make me more powerful if I am in a tux. Oh, whatever. I will cover you. He had a good point. Take that suit away. What even are you? Uh, Quintar saw a marchant coming from his ship. He turned his engine on and flew right at him. He got ready to press his ejector seat button. When he was really close, he pressed the button. He flew up in the air and the jet hit the marchant and killed it. Okay. 
So he destroyed a merchant by flying into it. Ugh, all right. Uh, coming into the story in the middle, it was probably a bad idea. This will all be available after we're live. Don't worry. He noticed that none of the merchants could see him yet. He knew that this was his only chance. Weston came guarding Quintar from the merchants. Then Quintar and Weston reached the building. Quintar said, oh, shoot, I forgot. It takes two hours to put it on. Dang it. Ah, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, uh, Quintar, uh, okay, Quintar went where he was supposed to be and wondered what he could do. He said, I am dead meat without this thing working. Weston came to it and kicked it. Then all of the wires on it grabbed him and the camera went over him. Well, that was simple. So it takes two hours to put on unless you just kick it and then it instantly works. All right. Weston said, what are you talking about? This thing doesn't take two hours to put on. Quintar saw the other part of the suit snap on. Then the big version of Quintar started to move. Quintar walked through the wall and left. Okay, so you can see Quintar running out of the building. These are like the rebar, the Quintar-shaped hole, I guess, if he looked like that in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Space Quest vibes, even though I didn't watch Space Quest. So Quintar got his suit back, finally. Weston said, wow, that is no tux. <laughs> Quintar came up to the merchants. He said, go pick on an enemy your own size. Dagger Death came out of his crowd. Quintar remembered his training. Dagger Death said, yeah, hey, you seem to be our size. Let's pick on you. Quintar said two things. You speak English, and I got to get out of here right now. <laughs> Quintar said, you speak English. Is that a question? I lost my place. I've got to get out of here now. Quintar was ready to fight Dagger Death, but he was no, but he was not expecting to fight thousands of others. He just ran. When the merchants got really close to him, he spread his arms out and stopped. All of the merchants hit him except Dagger Death. He jumped over Quintar and pointed a gun at him. Quintar dodged the bullets and it hit Dagger Death's face. Quintar said, "In your face, literally." <laughs> wow. Savage. Dagger Death whacked him in the metal chest. I like how they use the word whacked. Okay. It didn't hurt him, though, because he had six feet of metal armor. He just flew in the air when he got whacked. Quintar still landed on both feet. All right. That's good. Next page. Still chapter 10. All of a sudden, Ian came in and did a karate chop to Dagger Death's face. All right. That's good. Quintar smiled inside his suit, then Dagger Death hit Ian when he was doing flips. Dang it, Ian. Again with the flips. <laughs> Wait, that's illegal. Uh, Quintar said, no one messes with the maniac but me. Dagger Death yelled, I will take care of your other friends while you wait here. While Dagger Death was walking away, Quintar grabbed his shoulders and shoved him on the ground. Quintar quickly grabbed a rock and hurled it on Dagger Death's face. Dagger Death did a backward somersault and kicked Quintar's legs. He fell over and then Dagger Death got ready to kill with underlined text. Quintar, he was just about to smash him. Then Drew came with a slingshot and hit Dagger Death. Quintar noticed that Drew had killed Dagger Death. What? Drew the... Ian flips into battle. <laughs> In your face, literally. Best comeback ever. Definitely. Drew said, Slabasuba Tinabakiba dead. <laughs> Quintar said, Hey, you killed Dagger. Plus, you said 
your first word. Oh, because he said dead. Okay. Chapter 11, Freeing the Slaves. Quintar, Luke, Tyler T., Ross, Greg, Drew, Weston, and Ian, who was slightly injured, all came to see where the people were. Uh, They found basements covered with blood and dust. All of them were lifting up the doors and letting the women and children out. Some of the children were six years old, and they had whip marks on their backs and faces. Greg was comforting them with blankets, cookies, and milk. Aw, cookies and milk for the kids. Good for them. All right, we're almost done, people. Uh, Quintar asked a woman, a woman, okay, do you know how many men were sent out as slaves? She said about 60,000. Quintar said, wow, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This dialogue is flawless. All right, so she said about 60,000. Quintar said, wow, okay, well... (laughs) Uh, Okay, let me read this again with context. Quintar asked a woman, do you know how many men were sent out as slaves? She said about 60,000. Quintar said, wow, okay, well, thank you. (laughs) All right. Uh, Weston, Luke, Tyler, T, and Quintar went on a search party for any surviving men. Ian would have came, but he was still recovering from his attack. Out of 60,000, they only found 10,000 that were alive. 40,000 found dead. Wow. Think about it. I have more subscribers than I made up slaves in this book. That leaves 10,000. That were 40,000. Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, wow. That's neat. Out of 60,000, they only found 10,000 that were alive. 40,000 found dead. That leaves 10,000. Yeah, it's so redundant. Okay. Quintar knew that this was not over yet because the war was still going. It is a very sad loss. Okay. Is that the end? Nothians, Archants versus Americans. So they got rid of the Marchants, but they still have Nothians and Archants. Chapter 12. Wait, it only looks like it's over. Dang it! I thought it was over. (laughs) The Marchants, Nothians, and Archants all surrendered because they lost Dagger Death. Oh, well, that's easy. That fixes everything. Everyone was grateful. Some were still sad and others didn't care because they were on a planet that wasn't attacked. That's probably true. In this instance, if you were on a planet that had nothing to do with this, you'd be like, I don't care. (laughs) Um, All of Quintar's friends became part of the National Earth Army. The bad news is this. When Quintar was lifting weights, a man came in and he said, Sir, this is really bad, but Dagger Death has a son. Quintar yelled, Come on! The end. Invincible. <laughs> That's the end, everyone. That's the end of the book. Uh, I can't say that was very good. At least there was no hint at a sequel. Young Drew was very logical. Well, given one guy died, all the other armies surrendered. And Dagger Death has a son. So I guess I guess there is a chance at a sequel now. We obviously have to write sequels to all these books. Man, we've been live for almost two hours now. I did not expect it to last that long. Oh, oh my God. Well, I'm glad all the slaves got cookies and milk, at least. That's a relief. <sighs> that was hilarious reading that, actually. I don't know. Do we keep going? This is getting old. How long is this? I just want to see how many pages. One, two, three. Oh, my God. Four pages. For Sineke. Maybe we should save some of these for another time. 
I actually love this way more. So I want to hear from the chat now. What was your favorite? Did you prefer Invincible or Raptor? This, <laughs> this needs to be on audiobooks on iTunes. Especially Ian with the flips. Ian does six back flips and six front flips. Um, he jumped into the air and went, and then he changed directions <laughs> before he landed. This is going to be a podcast. It'll be on the Talks podcast uh, later. Um, keep going. I don't know. I've got other channels to work on too, you guys. <laughs> but um, both. Map guy and Dylan said Raptor was better. I think Raptor had more dialogue than uh, Invincible. I don't know how to put something on Apple Books. Do you guys know how to do that? I'm not sure. I'm really unsure. Diary of a Dinosaur. This feels like a longer book. Maybe it's just thicker paper. Raptor. Yeah. Well, Raptor was made when I was much older and more mature, so... You loved Invincible. The backflips sold me. <laughs> yeah, the backflips are pretty good. There's a dang bug in here. Through the Pages app. Really? Can you do that? Can you just publish a book on Apple Books by putting it through Pages? That'd be hilarious. Diary of a Dinosaur. I don't think this one has many words. So I guess we'll go through this one. All right. By Drew Erickson. Jobs Report Card. Did I really name the dinosaur Job? Like Steve Jobs. Okay, A-plus on sneaking up on prey, A on chomping herbivores, B-plus fighting Spinosaurus, and A on community citizen. <laughs> That's what it says. It's his report card. He's very good at chomping herbivores and fighting Spinosaurus, but he's an A community citizen. Top of the food chain, fifth grade with Tingerina, which is this dinosaur, I guess, the long neck one. Uh, it's fun being a dinosaur because you can see everything from way up here. But why is he daydreaming, though? He's like daydreaming that he can see better. So that's not a good picture. Um, I'll never forget my very first prey. So he's little and he's saying roar. And then there's a little dinosaur running away. There's a lot of wasted space on this page. Um, next. I've learned never to talk to Spinosaurus. Why? I don't know. You just don't talk to him. I guess it's that simple. Uh, next. Oh, my God. This is violent. Mother always taught me, be sure you are the one to start a fight. Ooh, this is violent. He's, like, ripped the wing off a pterodactyl here. I grabbed the wing. Okay, we're almost done. This is almost the end. Uh, Grandpa always taught me never show good manners. And that's him burping. And then in his head he's thinking, there's a thought bubble followed by a speech bubble in the thought bubble that says, I have bad manners. I hope another dinosaur won't be discovered that's that could eat me. The end. <laughs> well, that was simple. Don't worry, the other ones are way more complicated. Gone nutty. These ones don't have many pictures. Ooh, look at that. I drew a Tesla. Um, 
I don't think that's a Tesla. This one, I think, is going to be pretty quick. The Rich Leprechaun. There's no picture here, so I'm just going to leave it on this angle. Uh, the Rich Leprechaun by Drew Erickson. One hot summer day, I was driving up a big mountain with my new Dodge Ram 100. <laughs> That's oddly specific. Then I thought I heard something. Then it went away because the radio was too loud. I turned the radio off and listened. I heard clang, clang, clang. It was getting louder and louder. I stopped the truck and got out. I took a hike following the sound. It was getting dark, so I went back to the truck, got my tent set up, and had dinner, which was steak, and went to bed. The next morning... I heard, oh, it's double-sided, oh, my God. All right. Um, the sound again, clang, clang, clang. I had my battery-powered pancake maker with me. <laughs> I can't hike on an empty stomach. Uh, I made some pancakes with syrup, peanut butter, whipped cream. I had about five pancakes with three glasses of milk and also one cup of coffee. I got ready for a hike. I put Band-Aids, Lay's, a Sprite bottle, a Verizon wireless phone in a notebook in my backpack. I love all these, like, it's such a basic plot, but then I get oddly specific. Like, was was this sponsored? Was the Rich Leprechaun sponsored with brand deals? It was like, I took my Dodge Ram 100 up to the mountains where I used my Sprite bottle in Verizon cell phone uh, in a notebook in my backpack. The sound got louder and louder the more I walked, the louder it was. One hour later, I saw a very strange small little man. He was dressed in a green suit. He had a pot of gold and silver, bigger than I was. The little man I was looking at was a leprechaun, all caps. I jumped out trying to catch him. He ran off into a tree. I just said, you're too small. You can't move your pot. So I get it. (laughs) Why did I want to say that to him? Uh, (laughs) You're too small, you can't move your pot So I get it The leprechaun said Oh man, you win But how are you going to move it? I just said, with my Dodd Ram 100 (laughs) How are you going to move it? I just said, with my Dodd Ram 100 I could haul it I got my truck to the pot of gold and silver put the pot in and used all the gold and silver to buy a Lamborghini. The end. That's literally what it says, if you don't believe me. I read it word for word. Gotta have those sponsors for that cash money leprechaun sponsor. So I guess this is me driving with the Lamborghini and the uh, leprechaun says, ah, man, in the background. All right. All right. Simple, to the point. Not overly complicated. I love what he said to the leprechaun. He was just like, you're too small to move your pot of gold. I get that. I get that. That's mine now. I'm going to tow it away with my Dodge Ram 100. Luckily. All right. Sineki. I will show you pictures if there are any. Sineki. Eight dragons have been found for war a long, long time ago. The dragon riders, Drew, Ross, and Ian. See, these are my running character names are trying to find the last dragon called Sineki. Ross was very anxious to find him. Drew loves a dragon called Sephira. Ian just wants to kill the Dark Lord Galbray. Galbrix or something like that? I don't know how to pronounce this word I made up. Ross and Ian think it's pathetic that Drew loves Sephira. They are on a journey through deserts, uh, lakes, and cliffs. The Dark Lord is trying to find the dragon first, so they will have a very powerful dragon. 
Here's the picture of the dragons, I assume. Three different dragons. Next page. They found a big lake in front of them, and they weren't worried because they could fly across. But it was really far across. They started to go across the lake. Drew's dragon started to get tired and was about to fall. Drew and Safira fell in the water, but Ian and his dragon picked up Drew and Safira. Drew thanked Ian for rescuing him, and they started and they started to land. Oh, I see. Then they saw an orange glow behind a tree. They went to the tree, and it was Seneki's egg. Yes, they all said. The egg started to move. Then it shook. Eggshells bursted out like a volcano. All these short books, by the way, were in the third grade. Uh, so even before Invincible came out. Uh, a baby orange dragon rolled out and crawled on the ground in sniffing it, too. Ross said, great, now we need to go home and prepare for battle. Hold it, said Ian. Sineke is not old enough for battle, exclaimed Ian. I agree, said Drew. They started to go back. Once they got back, they gave Sineke gold and silver and very comfortable beds. Nice. Fifteen years later, Sineke could go to battle. <laughs> okay. All right, we glossed past that detail. Ross is the one from the Saturday shorts, correct. Yeah, we were friends all the way back then, and I named people after him. Um, Sineke could go to battle. Everyone was getting ready for battle. They all went to the battle. Drew said, are you ready, Ian? Ian said, Drew, I was born ready. They saw bad warriors coming up the hill. After they were ready to fight, the battle began. The bad warriors were almost gone. One bad guy called Galbriex was alive. He yelled, this isn't the end of it. I will get you next time. Galbriex didn't know that Sineke was behind him. He looked behind him and Sineke ate him up. Sineke said, I have one thing to say. Burp. I liked burping back then. I know. When you were in the third grade, burping was the most hilarious thing on earth. Everyone had a big party and Ross was reading a book and said, hey guys, did you know that there is a 10th dragon? We all said, darn. I feel like that's how I end all these books. It's always like, by the way, there's also all of this. And everyone goes, darn. I think that's the end. There's no pictures? That's the only picture. Beat the author, Drew Erickson. I've made another book called Gone Nutty. I have two sisters and I live with my mom and dad. Don't read this book if you don't like or love stories. Wow. So hip and so negative about it. Hey, if you don't if you don't like stories, don't read this. Okay. There is a squirrel trying to hide his acorn. Have you heard of this before? It's very close to winter, and it's snowing a little. He finds a chopped-down tree. He climbs up the stump, and there's a thousand acorns. I feel like this is a short. Do you guys remember this short with Scrat? Did I just write this into a book? The spot in the middle was open for one more. He likes it. He jumps right in and screws the acorn in the hole. He starts uh, to walk away when it pops right up. The squirrel gets confused he goes back and screws it tighter, slowly walks away, then goes faster, but it pops up again. This is an animated short. I didn't write this. He gets really mad and jumps up and lands at it yelling. He jumped again and again. It drops down deeper than the rest. Then all of the acorns started to go lower. Then they started to go down through the tree, and the squirrel was getting stuck with the acorns. They exploded out of the tree, and so did he. Some of the acorns were coming down, and he was trying to get them. He looked behind him. There were 50 million acorns were coming at him. One plunged into his mouth. I'm going to get a copyright claim because of this dang book. Oh, there's at least a picture. 
All the acorns and the squirrel in the middle. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wrote this first. Huh? Did you guys think of that? He was being crowded by them, and he fell off a long drop over 600,000 feet. That's space. He was falling, then noticed an acorn was falling with him. Then he saw another and another. Lots of acorns going around him. He saw one and got it. Then he saw another and got it. That one, he hugged them. Then he was rolling them into a ball, and he made a lovely chair out of them. Then he made a surfboard out of them, and then he made a huge ball the size of a two-story building. Then he noticed that he was really close to the ground. This is just nonstop thrill. The ball blew up, and he was still falling, and he tried to fly, but it didn't work. He fell on his back, and he was knocked out for a while. When he woke up, one acorn was coming at him. It was spinning fast, and he was stuck. He was tugging and pushing. He got one arm out. He tugged more. He had two arms out, and then he looked up. The acorn hit him in the face. It made a crack. The acorns were falling into the sea. He had a sad face on and didn't know what he should do. He thought, I'm dumb. That's it. (laughs) On the back it says, this book is not to be read by squirrels. In tech, a little text there. That's it, everyone. Wow, it's taken us over two hours, but we have now read all of the. Oh no, did we? Oh god, I'm sorry. I just want to get this over with now. It's a bigger dragon with more action. Let's let's quickly read John Ray. I don't think we've read this. It's probably not that long. Do you remember Sinaiki? Oh, it's a sequel. We have a sequel. Okay. Um, uh, Remember how they found out that there was a 10th dragon? Well, I'm Drew with my two buddies, Ross. I call him Bossy. That's mean. And Ian. He rides Sinaiki now. The 10th dragon is called John Ray. A man, we don't know his name, but we do know that he is the son of the Dark Lord Galbrix. We are collecting gold at a stream because dragons like gold, (laughs) obviously. Bonus book, guys. Yeah, I know. We are hoping... It will make uh, John Ray come. We were hoping it will make John Ray come. Hey, look, said Ian. Ross and Drew ignored him. Ross said, we broke our last shovel. So Ross went back for another shovel. Drew heard Ian yell. Drew looked back behind him, and a poisonous snake bit him. Drew saw that Ian had died. Drew said, wait, Ian's dead? That was quick. Okay. Um... I'll open the list for new dragon riders. Drew told Ross the bad news. Drew looked at the list. It said Blake, Brittany, Bryant, Caroline, Coltrane, Greg, Taylor, Jeline, Kelsey, Kevin, Luke, Macy, Madeline, uh, Nathaniel, Tyler, Shannon, Weston, and Zena. My guess is these are all classmates I had at the time. wonder where they are now. Huh. Uh, Drew thought for a while, and, and he said, Weston. He sent a letter to Weston. The next day, Weston came to stream. came to the stream. Drew said... You have been chosen for the next dragon rider. We are looking for John Ray. He will be the 10th dragon found. Your new dragon is called Sinaki. We are trying to get John Ray to come by showing gold everywhere. Weston said, Why did you want another dragon rider? Drew said. A poisonous snake bit a friend of mine and killed him. Ross said, Maybe... uh, Hold up. Maybe... When he said, Look! He saw the snake. Maybe, said Drew... Look, said Weston. He was pointing at the sky. A yellow dragon came down. Drew remembered it was Sunday. 
So he said, good Sabbath, John Ray, in a polite voice. We have brought gold, silver, and diamonds all for you. John Ray snorted. <laughs> he snorted. Okay. Weston said, do you understand, John Ray? Weston was frightened. Don't be scared, child, said John Ray. So it's a talking dragon. Drew said, just stop this nonsense. We must prepare for battle. Ross said, shh, Drew. Drew said, don't shush me. Ross said, I, have s- I hear something like footsteps. Me too, said Drew. It's Ian, yelled Drew. Are you okay, Ian? And Drew said, Drew, I was when you didn't bury me. I got dirt in my mouth, <laughs> yelled Ian. Sorry, yelled Drew. Let's get ready for battle, said Weston. Okay, said everyone. They were ready for battle hours later. Everyone saw bad guys coming up a hill. Drew said, we outnumbered them. The battle was very short, and Drew said, I guess we won. <laughs> That's enough adventure. Wow. More flips. Doesn't stand a chance. Ian's actually alive. It's a twist. That's enough adventure. I wonder what's next. Is there a page after? Oh, and then a picture of Drew holding a piece of gold. All right. All right. That wraps it up. Within a mere two hours and ten minutes, we have now read all Drew's literature from the fifth and fourth and third grade. Those last few books were in the third grade. I think we went from... Most recent to least recent. Um, So you're learning a lot about my interests. You're learning a lot about my classmates' names at the time and what I thought was okay to say and what is not okay to say. (laughs) So I will look for more books if I can find them. Um, Those are all the ones I could find, but thank you guys for tuning in. This was fun to read through them, and I'm glad that we got to immortalize my childhood books so that now they can be experienced and listened to for years and years and years to come so thank you all for watching it's been fun i've got some more work to do and i will talk to you all later bye bye